Father, we thank you, Lord, for today. We pray, Lord, that you will reveal yourself to us and teach us yourself, Lord, and speak through our mouth, open our heart to understand, and put all this exhortation into practice to the glory of your name, Lord. Thank you, Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we have prayed. Praise the Lord. Today, I want to give exhortation on excellent spirit. I remember in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 20, verse 27, if you put that up really quickly, Apostle Paul said, I do not shun to declare unto you all the counsel of God. For I have not shown to declare unto you all the counsel of God. We see in the scriptures, in the book of Daniel, chapter 6, verse 3, where the story about Daniel was mentioned. It said, he had excellent spirit. And that's what I want to talk about today. Excellent spirit. And knowing that all of us that are here, many of us are from the third world countries. I want to more or less give some testimonies, also talk about some stories in the scriptures. And what does it mean, excellent spirit? In, this, in America here, they will call it work ethic. Work ethic. Starting from the story of, the, of Daniel in the Bible. You will see in Daniel chapter 6, verse 3, Daniel by this time was kind of an old person, but we know from the lessons we have learned from the stories of Daniel that he conducted himself with some behaviors in this practice of working for the king that he was working for, which we call work ethic. We have talked about that many times in many areas how Daniel proposed himself to, to not defile himself. And that was part of the work, part of what, it, what gave him the wisdom. But what I'm trying to talk about is this excellent spirit that was, that was mentioned about Daniel. So then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king fought to, to set him over the whole realm. So just think of yourself, many of us from other countries, and you are employed in a place. And you are, you are an employee, but around you are people that are citizens of that same place, of that country. But if you have an excellent spirit, you may be promoted above these citizens. Excellent spirit in your work now. I'm talking about your work ethic. And this is what they are reporting, what was reported about Daniel. And I'm going to give some key points in the Bible of people like that. Because we read the stories of these men, and sometimes we thought, oh, God simply chose them and separated them from the rest of the crowd. That was why they were this, that was why they were having this promotion. But see, they showed some ethics. They showed some behaviors. 
even when they were servants. What is a servant? Employee. You are a servant, somebody. We, most of us here, are employees. And if you are an employer, there are some other ethics you must add to your behavior that will make the favor of God be upon you. And what we are seeing is the excellence which is the favor of God. And I'm talking, starting from the story of Daniel, they talk about excellence to the point that the king wanted him to be in charge of everything. Well, you, you could have said, well, he was immigrant, or not even an immigrant, Daniel was a, a slave from Judah. But he conducted himself well and behavior, and the king noticed that well, he was one of the presidents. But what is, what is this behavior that you and I should add, if you are not already adding to it, to your lifestyle that will make you stand out? And you are not doing eye, eye service either. No, there's an, what you call eye service. When you see the boss is coming, you behave as if you are the best. No, they can see through those facade, what people call it. You must do it as unto the Lord. That is, I'm going to list some key things in the end of this sermon that will show what are the steps which you have to manifest this excellent spirit. The first thing I want to point out to you and me is the fact that the scripture said, we, every one of us, we are all serving the Lord. You and I, you are serving the Lord God. You say, well, I'm just a driver, I drive taxi. And you never realize you're actually serving the Lord. Oh, well, I'm a student. As a student, you're actually serving the Lord. I remember somebody was given a scholarship, one of my daughters, given a scholarship by a government department, and they gave, him the, I gave her this scholarship to go to school. When you are not in school, you should be working. Which means, when she was in the college studying, she was an employee for that, for that department. So, as a student, you are also serving the Lord. That's what I'm trying to point out. God put Adam here on this planet and gave him a charge. Tend the garden. That was his physical work. But God can tell if you are not tending the garden wholeheartedly. God can tell. God can tell whether you are lazy. God can tell. Because he sees what you cannot, whether is not seen. So when we are saying that you are serving the Lord, the Bible said it that promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west. Psalm 75, verse 6. Psalm 75, verse 6. Promotion cannot commit neither from the east nor from the west, nor from the south. It's not from the east, not from the east, not from the south. So it has to be from somewhere else. The next verse 7 said, because God dwelleth in the north, but God is the judge. He put it down one and set it up another. Praise the Lord. So God is the one that is going to promote you, not your employees, not your employer. God is the one that promotes people, even when you are doing your job, what we call employment. So but that excellent spirit can easily be identified when you are serving the Lord with your whole heart. You are serving the Lord with your whole heart. 
That's what I want to point out. So the first thing we are going to point out is that you and I, whatever you are doing, you are doing it as unto the Lord and not unto men. Amen. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Put that one up, please. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. This is how Apostle Paul put it. And whatsoever you do, so what are you doing? Students, you are still learning. He said you are doing it as do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. So you see this exhortation, that's why I say I will not shun to give, to declare unto you all the counsel of the Lord. At my age, I'm in the retirement phase. Retirement phase. So then and I could see all around the landscaping, I see many people that are younger generation. Now everything I record that I preach is for the, I also put it on the radio. And I look over the landscape, or even back into many countries, I, Nigeria for example, I saw the churches packed full with younger generation. People in their 20s, in their 30s, even in their 40s. And I got concerned, I said, oh my God. I hope these people are not just going to these churches looking for a prophet to do signs and wonders. So that's why I said this excellent spirit, this is one of the things that make Daniel to be great. From a slave, he became the president ruling almost the whole nation. Not the whole nation, the whole world under the king of Persia. And the king of Persia said, well, I, want, I want to make Daniel to be in charge of everybody instead of just being one of the three. It's an excellent spirit. But what is this? It's not just Daniel has the Holy Spirit. Not just the Holy Spirit, it's the work ethic that they call excellent spirit. I'm going to step aside from Daniel. Let's talk about King David. See, when God is choosing people, God looks deeper into you and looks at something inside you. And God can see that. And God can say, I want this one because he has an excellent spirit. God talked about Joshua and Caleb. He said, these two people, they have a different spirit compared to the rest of the these Hebrews that left Egypt. What does God mean by different spirit? He said, excellent spirit. God can see deeper than what you are portraying. And that excellent spirit is what I'm trying to point out, and I'll give some key examples, what can be, how you cultivate this excellent spirit. Take an example of the story of King David, 1 Samuel chapter 17. Verse 34. The first Samuel chapter 17, verse 34. Let's go to the story of David and said, this is what David was saying to King Saul in the day when he came to fight against Goliath. You all know the story. But look at what he said. David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. His father's sheep. His father's sheep. You all, many of you can come from Africa, Nigeria, for example, where I came from. There is a way of talking that people said, Ogota, Ogota. It means whether the boss may profit or not, the salary of the employee must not diminish. That's the mentality that is wrong. 
the mentality that is wrong. I mean, they, are, they don't care whether the boss, that is the company, in their case, in their own many places in Africa, it is the government. They are working for the government. They say whether the government profited, made a profit or not, does not matter to them. As long as their own salary does not diminish. That is a wrong mentality. Here is David telling you that it's not my father's sheep. It's my sheep. Amen. That's what he's saying there because it's, it took charge. It's his responsibility. He said, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a, a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. Verse 35. Next verse. All he did say is in the next verse. And I went after him, after the lion, after the bear. He didn't say, My father's sheep, and said, Dad, Father, 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 some lion has come to take your sheep. No, he took responsibility. That's my sheep. So you see now, you can you see how that completely separate from whether the profit, whether the boss profit or not, my, my salary must not diminish that mentality that many of us live or raised with when we're back in the third world countries. And some of those plague the third world countries. He said, I went after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. In short, David was saying, this is my responsibility. I like how somebody said, not under my watch. So that is an excellent spirit, a mindset that says, this boss job is my job. This is my responsibility. I worked for a company when I was even in Nigeria in those days. It was not, it was not really a work, I just went on an internship. And the first thing that I noticed in that company, it was actually IBM Nigeria in those days. I was there for summer vacation, my last summer vacation in the college. And something caught my attention. That was the policy they have laid down for those, their engineers. The engineer I worked, went with was to go to a bank. The IBM machine, you all know, know this big machine, fill all your room. And the way that engineer was talking to the bank officials that told, called him that there was a problem also, they called him to come and fix this problem. He was, and I was following him as an intern, just learning what, how did they do this thing. This man stole the bank employees as if it was his machine. And I was scratching my head, you are working for an IBM, this is not your machine. That was the mentality they cultivated in those engineers, these are Nigerians. When we say this thing is it's not permitting the old society, some people have that mentality of the boss profit or no profit doesn't matter to them. But see, that was a wrong mentality. But these guys that were working for IBM Nigeria in those days, they took that machine as their machine. I said, well, I will fix it. Don't worry about it. I will fix it. And I was scratching my head and I was so confident. He was not just confident. He was just taking charge that whatever it takes, he will fix that IBM mainframe machine. So that is the mindset that made me to say, hey, from that time forward, when I went to college, I went back to college and I reported that, and I took that as my mentality also. That whatever you are doing, whatever they put you in charge of, it is your responsibility. Not the mentality that some of us, some of the other people in Nigeria had then that say, well, 
the boss made profit or not, their salary will not diminish. That is what I'm trying to point out. And this is the example I saw in the King David in his utterance before Saul, when he said, it is my father's sheep, but when a lion or a bear came and took one, I went after it. So he took charge of that. That is the first thing we should take note of. And look at what the Bible says, Luke chapter 16, verse 10. Gospel of Luke, chapter 16, verse 10. It's another way the Lord put it to us. The Lord said, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Verse 11. Let's keep on reading. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, that includes everything, your employment, your business, or business you are doing for somebody else. If you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, see then we say unrighteous mammon, we are talking of the making money, because when you are employed, you are talking of making money also. So if you are not faithful, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Now you can see why God can go and call King David when he was just a man that was standing his father's sheep. If he's so committed to his father's sheep, God said, I want this one to come and be the king over my sheep. Because the Holy Spirit was God's sheep. God saw a different attitude. He said, I want this one, this boy, to come and be the king, the shepherd for my sheep, God's sheep. So think about that. So that is what he's saying. If you are unfaithful in the unrighteous mama, who will commit to your trust the true riches? So think about that, you students, because this is the thing I have passed down to those who are listening to me over the years, especially my children. Especially my children because they are the first, the first line of uh, listeners. That you can, you, can, you can make your life, you can make your way by just your attitude, your lifestyle, your, your taking charge. Make sure you are serving the Lord, because that's how the Lord says it. Everything you are doing, you do it as if you are doing it for the Lord and not for the boss, not for your mom, not for your dad. It's for the Lord. And He can see your heart. We cannot see your heart. So when we are teaching you, actually, you now this is for you, children. When your parents are teaching you and you say, Yes, mom, yes, dad, and then you are no more, your parents are not there and you are going to be talking to somebody. Remember, you are not serving your mom, your dad, who is not the other pastors. You are serving the Lord, who is seeing all things. So now you see, everything we are saying has to do with, because everything, he created human beings here, and he just said, this world is the field. This is the field. And he put the first man, Adam, here, and everyone that is following Adam, since then, we are all tending the garden. We are all serving the Lord. Whatever is your profession, whatever is your profession, even if you are just to be sweeping the streets, you are serving the Lord in this field that is this world that He created for man. So remember that that is the key thing. That once you set up your mind that I'm serving the Lord, then you have to do it because He sees your heart. He will do it heartily as unto the Lord. 
Now, we have talked about King David. That's an example. Let's think about Joseph in Egypt. Joseph in Egypt. Because I'm trying to build a little bit at a time on this mindset. We know the story of, the, of uh, Joseph in Egypt. Ah, he was with his father and 11 brothers. And one thing that was mentioned that you can see character, you can see an attitude, a behavior, a lifestyle. God is seeing that and God will cultivate that. Genesis chapter 37, verse 2 is the first behavior of Joseph that we saw. 37, Genesis chapter 37, verse 2. The Bible said, Joseph was with his brothers, big brothers. He was the, almost the youngest among the 11, because there was a little one that came after him from his, from his mom. Genesis chapter 37, verse 2. Can you put that on, please? And the Bible said, Joseph will go with these other sons of his father, and maybe they separate themselves. Six of you take all this cattle. You other six take this cattle. And the group he was going with, they are older than him. And the Bible said Joseph was with, the, with one of the. Let me look at this over here, real quickly. Verse 2, please. So Joseph was 17 years old and was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Silpah, his father's wife. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. That verse, that phrase is what I'm trying to refer to. He was reporting his big brother the way they were conducting themselves. So that, you know, that would be a problem for him. But it shows something that he is taking this thing seriously. So they are father, my father's sheep. All of them are the sons of the same father. But he's saying, these are my father's sheep. And if these boys are misbehaving or taking some of them and selling it and putting their money in their pocket, whatever they were doing wrong, he was reporting them to her. So that is the first answer to say, well, that will put him in trouble with the boys, or with the bigger boys, that's correct. But that shows something about Joseph. When we say, what did God see in this guy that brought them this promotion? Excellent spirit. I'm not saying you should be reporting everybody, but you can just say an example of somebody that takes this thing he's doing seriously, even though he was doing it for his father. And you can see the story of our Lord Jesus Christ. What did Lord Jesus say always? I'm doing that for my father. My father. He was talking about my father. To show that when we say we are, we are working with the Lord, take him as your father. This job is my father's job. This ministry is my father's job, but I don't, it is my business, so to speak. And that brings me to quickly tell you about this next book that I have here. And I don't know why the Lord told me to stop at this point. This is one of these books that the Lord said put out there. This one is the new one, Fake Testimonies. And I brought about 20 for you guys that are over here. And you can, when you are going out, you pick some of them. These are more like testimony books. And the earlier ones, you have some few slides of those there. But see, when you take the work of the Lord as your job, and you are doing it for the Lord. As the doctor said, the Lord took his business, his ministry, as his ministry, as his work, like a business. 
because look at the lifestyle of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they, they, he's, he's doing the ministry, it's not like he's just uh, employed, like somebody else employed to do this thing. No, it's, it's, it's a kingdom, and he came as the owner of this kingdom. And that caught my attention, and he wanted everyone that is following him to take it like that too, because he said, my reward is with me. He used the word reward over that. But let's look at the story of Joseph back. Let's go back to Joseph. In Genesis chapter 39, verse 2, you will see how Joseph took responsibility again in the house of Potiphar. Now he was sold as a slave. You know the story. But the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now, if you go back and read the old story, the Bible said Joseph was conducting the business of that man with so much excellent spirit that the man said, wow, this slave, I will put you in charge. And the man put Joseph in charge. Joseph was serving, not the man, he was serving the Lord. That is how he wants us to, that's how they get that excellent spirit. They have made up their mind that whatever I'm doing, I'm doing it for the Lord. You may be a housewife. Let me just digress. You, and somebody was asking me in this question in my head. I said, well, you know, you sell all these things. And does it look as if uh, I didn't do my part or I should be more of spiritual things? Suppose you're an housewife. Your first responsibility is to, your, to do, take care of your wife, of your father, of your husband, and your children. Not so. Now, you also have some responsibility. Maybe you are a prayer warrior. You do all of those things. You pray for people over the line. You intercede with people. That is called spiritual work, not so. Now, if in the course of doing that, your children are hungry, the little children, they are hungry. You have not cooked their food, but just something is missing. The, the physical responsibility is lacking. But you are on fire praying. And you just are witnessing everywhere, but you don't have time. You are taking too much time that do you think God is not noticing the lacks? God will notice the lacks. So our physical responsibility is just as important to the Lord as our spiritual responsibility. Take yourself as an employee. I use that example because not to talk of if you are an employee, you have to do this. Or, you are a man, you are employed. And you are working, but you see, the job you are doing is physical to make money. But you think the spiritual one is more important to go evangelizing, to do this, to do that. You are doing all of those things, but you are late to work. Your company is complaining, and you are not doing the job right. But don't you think God is more concerned with the physical? That's your physical responsibility. The other one is spiritual. But see, God, that's why the Lord was telling the Pharisees, so that don't neglect this one. You have to do this one also. But don't neglect this one. So that is very important that we must remember that these things that God put us in any place, any job, any responsibility, is our, is our responsibility. If you do it right, that is what he was saying. If you are not faithful in that, which is somebody else, who will give you that which is yours? So you see an example of Joseph. He was working as a slave for Potiphar, but he was doing it conscientiously. 
as he was serving the Lord, not man. And in the end, Potiphar promoted him. And when he was thrown into the jail, you know the story why he was thrown into the jail, somebody framed him. And he got into a prison. Genesis chapter 39, verse 20 to 23. What did Joseph do again? He took charge of the prison. Wherever you find yourself, you are serving the Lord. That's what we are learning from these things. Wherever you find yourself, you are serving the Lord. And when you take your job like that, when you take anything you are doing like that, and you don't let the physical, and quickly continue to point out the physical responsibility, that is your job. Take for example, I'm just going to digress again because that's how flashback to me. A lot of have been unemployed right now in this country, America, because of this economic situation. Millions have been laid off. Millions because of coronavirus. When I came to this country, let me just give this like a testimony. When I came to this country and I finished my master's degree and I got a job as a contractor or what a contractor through contract company, I got a job where I was to support what they call software. And I was a contractor, and this is a software place where everything, don't bring everybody, those who don't know it, they call it operating system. That is the heart of the computer. Every computer now still has the operating system. But all these things, they fail in the, in the customer's places, and they send them what they call problem tickets to this manufacturer. And the people that are working this problem ticket, they have backlog of 300 they couldn't fix. So they kept asking for more employees. That was when they hired me also as a contractor to join them. And for you to even understand this thing, you have to look through this video, which is like a training that they recorded. That you just look through it for one week, and then maybe you'll be able to figure this thing out too. When I started participating, it was, Lord help me here. Lord help me. That's the next thing I'm going to point out. How do these people get excellent spirit? They know they are dealing with the Lord and they are praying concerning whatever you do. Pray concerning whatever you do. That is, let the Lord be part of it. That's what it is. Let the Lord be part of it. Do I remember a testimony around that same time that one of my brethren that just finished college too and he came to the same company and he had problem. The problem that, gee, this is just just overwhelming to him. And he came to me because we were in the same company and he's during lunchtime. He told me his problem that he just, he was almost losing it. And I told him this secret, the secret I'm sharing with you today, and I've shared it with my children and all the people that have been listening to me over the years. The secret is pray concerning everything you are doing. When I will take this thing and look at it, I couldn't figure it out. There's a time I step aside to the restroom and talk to the Father. So, Lord, help me here. Lord, help me here. I worship you. Help me here. And I come back, and then he just opened my eyes and said, ah, This is the problem here. To the point when I started with this complaint, and I said, Give me the first problem. Let me see what I can figure out. Give me the first problem. And I was in three days, I was able to say, This is the problem. This is a problem they have not been able to solve for one year. Backlog means they have too many of them. And the company was getting upset. The managers, directors are getting upset. That's why they keep getting more people. Said, well, seven of us, we can't figure this thing out. And when I started closing them, closing them, closing them, they said, 
The, this is what I want to point to. The manager during that time was coming to a point that they started laying off people. They were laying off employees in that company because they have to do all this budgeting. And they were laying people off on my right, laying people off on my left, and they kept me. And in my mind, I was thinking I would be the first to be laid off. Why? Because immigrant. That was the fear. Oh, it's not like our color. That doesn't matter to many people that wanted to, to succeed in this country. The companies want to succeed. This one that is productive, they will keep him. No matter what color, green, yellow, black you are, or where you come from, they will keep you if you are productive. And let this one go, and let that one go. That was my testimony. And the Bible says promotion. Promotion comes from the north, from the Lord himself, not from the boss. So that is one thing, and that is what the man was saying. He said, if I can get two people like this guy, I will lay everybody off and keep the two. Why? Because he saw that this man is productive. But what I'm trying to say is, how did you get that? I finally told some of them, I said, I had help in the Lord. I went aside and prayed. When I told that brother to do the same thing, everything changed for him. He started succeed, successfully fixing all the problems he was also facing. That is the second example I say, excellent spirit here. Put God in part of whatever you are doing, whatever you do. Because you are dealing with the Lord, even if you are cooking, even if you are cooking, get God involved, praise the Lord. And he will tell you when you are forgetting salt. I've shared that many times. When I was a bachelor, I forget salt. That's the first thing many of the bachelors will forget. And it remind me, salt, pepper, tomato, what is missing? What is missing? Say salt. <gasps> so even what you are, even when you are cooking, God is in you. For anything that concerns you, concerns Him. Why? Because He's in you. Praise the Lord. The Lord is in you and in me, and that is why when you make Him part of your life, you will be blessed. And then when you take this thing that He has given to you as your responsibility, that is your charge. He is going to watch through you that because he wants you to have time for him also, also. So he wants to, when you are involved, the Bible says something about what we do for the Lord. He said, we are co-laborers with the Lord. Even in this ministry, we think we are doing it for the Lord. We are not doing it for the Lord. We are doing it with him. When you go out to witness, when you are pastors, when you are evangelists, we are co-laborers. The Lord Jesus himself is the one doing the work. That's what I told people. I say, you think I wrote this? I didn't write this. The Lord said, put these things that I give to you together so that you can give to people. So very, very important that we are co-laborers. And then, then you do your own part because if he's telling you that you are, many of you have been working in the kitchen. If I want to cut meat and I call, call this guy and say, help me hold the leg of this stocking while I'm cutting it. If it's not holding the leg properly, I won't be able to cut it. Not so. So the same way, when you are co-laborers with the Lord, you do your own part so that he can do the job he has to do. So if you're not holding it like he said, hold this so I can cut this thing, you are disturbing him. If you want to get somebody else that can hold it properly. You all know, remember, you have a little baby that can't hold the meat and the mama said, hey, little girl, come and hold this meat for me while I cut it. And the girl couldn't hold it. You call a bigger boy or a bigger girl and say, oh, you hold it, you go sit down. 
So we are co-laborers with the Lord. So whether you are going to school, do it as unto the Lord. The Lord is going to help you when you do your own part. Amen? Study, because you are studying for the Lord. You want to make A. You want to make A or A plus for the Lord. Amen? So that is the excellent spirit we are saying because it's going to transpire, going to transform from here to the job market. What you do at home, what you do during your studies is going to transfer into your job market and you begin to see that they will be promoting you while letting the others go. Praise the Lord. And you can go on and on. You also see the story of that in the story of Nehemiah as I'm going to begin to wrap it up. In the book of Nehemiah, chapter 2, Nehemiah was one of the people, one of the Israelites. During the time they were all in exile in Babylon and so on and so on. But about the time of Nehemiah, they were now going back to their countries. They are going back to their country. The king in those days, Cyrus, has said, let the Jews go back and build their cities. But some of them that were working for the king, they stayed, they are not just dropping everything and going to build their cities. But in this story of Nehemiah, he said he was the cupbearer for the king. Bring the wine, give it to the king. But something noticeable about this man was that he said in verse 1 and 2, Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, he said there was a time he heard the story, people have now been going back to Israel to go and repair the place, and he heard people that came back, they gave stories of trouble, many things not going on, the whole place was in shambles, and he was sad. He said he has never been sad in the front of the king. So that's what I wanted to point out. His attitude was, he was always jovial, even though he was a cupbearer, like a servant for a king, which he just took it that he was serving the Lord and was happy about it. Serve the Lord with gladness. Amen? When you are serving the Lord, and I told you, whatever you are doing, you are serving the Lord. Is that not what I said? Then serve the Lord with gladness. Nehemiah gave that example that he has never been served before that king. That means he was serving the king as serving the Lord with gladness. That is the point I want to point out about Nehemiah. But the day he came sorrowful before the king, the king noticed it and said, something must be wrong, Nehemiah. What happened? That is what I'm trying to point out. And then he was able to ask for help and the king gave him the help. That wanted. But you see, because he was always serving the Lord with gladness, in the day something changed, the king could recognize that. So if you are serving the Lord, serve the Lord with gladness. It's what the psalm said, told us. Make sure you are serving the Lord with gladness. As I wrap it up, let me give you some key things that I just mentioned. How to manifest excellent spirit. I said, pray about what you do. If you want to write it down, that's my number one point here. Psalm 37 verse 5, you can write it down, you don't need to go to it. Pray about what you do. Like I gave example, that I was praying concerning my job that looked like it's a secular job. What secular job? I'm serving the Lord. There's no secular in anything about that. Pray about what you do that the Lord should help you. Because we are in this together, me and the Lord. When they fire me, they fired him. That's how I look at it. Lord, if they fire me in this job, they fired him. They better not fire me because I'm not performing. If they fire me because so so Julius, we just have no more money. In fact, when I was in a the company there and they had no more money, I was praying for the company not to go down. 
but I couldn't, did not couldn't help them because they were borrowing money and things are not working, working well. But see, when they fire me, they fire me because of non-performance, and I said, the Lord is helping me, let us be fire both of us, not so. So that's why I say, Lord, when I pray, I'm praying for the company that I'm working for to survive. So pray about everything. Number two is Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 that we read. Do whatever you are doing also unto the Lord. That is this excellent spirit we are talking about. Very soon, your master, your boss will notice it. Very soon, they will notice it. If you are, an, if you are, a, co, if you are a, a student, very soon it will be noticeable, even in your results. It will be noticeable in your results. Why? Because when the Lord is helping you, because you are doing it unto the Lord, and if you, are, if you couldn't understand it, let me point that one out. Let's say you are a student, and you have to take this class called physics, and it's so difficult, and you're having a problem with it. Pray about it. Amen? Ask the Lord to help you. And you have seen many sisters. Our sister just gave a testimony about that, how she committed the thing to the Lord when she had an MCAT exam to do. Pray about everything because whatever concerns you concerns him that's living in you. Amen? Because wherever we go, we are carrying him with us. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. He dwelt in you. Now, verse two, number three is that no idleness, no laziness, because God can see if you are lazy. Go and read Proverbs chapter six, verse six. Solomon was saying, "Go to the hands, you sluggard. Consider their ways and be wise." He said, "The ants. He said they don't have master. You can't even see who is the boss. They just march." We may not know, maybe they have a boss, because that's their world. Like over here, we all look like alike, but there's a pastor. But to us, those ants, they have no boss. They say they have neither boss, and they still do their job, and they get their storehouse filled up for, from summer, waiting for winter. So no idleness. God can recognize if we are idle, if we are lazy, God can recognize it. Serve the Lord with gladness is number four that I just mentioned. When I talk about Nehemiah, another point that is the last point: be thoughtful about the things of God. Second Samuel chapter seven verse twelve gave us an example of special blessings. Is what I'm going to call that. Second Samuel chapter seven verse two: special blessings from the Lord. Because every other thing we say is look like, well, if you are all doing these things, God will be giving you this place. But you want some extra blessing. Look at what David King, the King David did. Second Samuel chapter 7, verse 2. Verse 2, not 12. Now, King David, after he has become successful, he said something. He said, the king called the prophet Nathan. He said, now see, I dwell in the house of Cedar. But the ark of God dwelt within curtains. He said that he started being mindful of things of God. I mean, when you take something out of your way and you say, well, this belongs, to, I, I want to do something about that. That is being thoughtful. And the response of God to that thoughtfulness, you may say, well, how did he get this idea? And he said, God put it in his heart. You have to remember. Most of these things come to the heart first. And then you respond to it, and God say, I will bless you. When God was going to bless David, he sent the same prophet Nathan back to him. But Nathan just comes and says, oh, yeah, okay, you are a king. Just do whatever comes to your heart. 
Then overnight, God talked to Nathan and said, go tell my servant David, I see your heart, and I'm going to bless you. You're not going to build a temple, your seed after you build me a temple. But in blessing, I will bless you. That's a special blessing. When you, when you, take, when you take God like somebody you can see, somebody, you are thoughtful of him. Think about that, you can I'll not, dis, not describe that in many ways. Let me give you my own testimony before I wrap it up. When I was in Africa, many people remember that everybody get a job, gets cars and so on, and the thought came to me. So that's why I say God puts thoughts in people's hearts. It's not originating from us. Now the thought came to me, I was about to get a car loan. That was the first month, and I was able to get a car loan. I said, oh gee, I need to be a preacher. Because the Lord has made me to say, you're going to be a preacher. So I said, I want to buy a Jeep so that I can use it preaching about my daddy was not well placed with that. Because I bought a tarpaulin Jeep. All, the, all my colleagues at the college have a sedan, you know, kitchen. But I got this tarpaulin Jeep so that I have to drive from village to village preaching. I got a speaker on it. God noted that. I know he's put it in my heart, not that uh, you must be. Somebody said, are you the only one that loves Jesus? Well, I don't know, he just put it in my heart. And I used that tarpaulin gym for a while and broke down. We were going from Ibarra to Bini on a three-piston three vehicle and it broke down and we have to almost drag it all the way back and we fix it again, we use for it. But there was a time, this is what I'm talking about, special blessing. God can give you special blessing when you are thoughtful of him. Would have to be like thoughtfulness. How come you buy something to do a ministry? Nobody will recognize that as a ministry. Everybody goes to the village when they can't. But I decided, okay, when I finally had to travel to America for my company or England, some brother came to me and said, that's your tackling vehicle. Can we use it and also do the same thing, evangelism, while you are gone for more six weeks? Yeah, okay. So I gave it to them and I went. When I, before I came back, they had an accident. And, they, and when I came back, they were afraid to tell me because that was my only car. And they said, this are, everybody has cars, and I have this tarpaulin. And then they broke, it broke. And they said, gee, why are we going to tell Brother Julius when he came back? And it was the last week before I would come back that the accident occurred. And I came back, there was. So we don't know how to tell you this, but Julius, something happened and so I said, well, is the car able to move? Yeah, it can move. But everything was bent. <laughs> so I said, let me look at the car. So I look at the car, oh, well, no big deal. Let's go. Let me just, I just packed, I just took it and, <sighs> the brother said, God bless you, brother. What I'm trying to point out, that night, after I came back and I took the car and I just straightened the, the metal, that old tarpaulin, I just straightened it myself. No problem, this is as long as it's still working. And in that night, the Lord visited me in a vision. Like, brought me into a council of elders in that vision. And the Lord started blessing this man. That you did this for me, that is what I'm talking about. And I took that vision as a special blessing from the Lord. That's what God is talking when he saw the story of, of King David. That David, you are mindful of me. You wanted to build me a, a temple instead of tent, and he started bless, pronouncing blessing, and he pronounced a blessing of eternity upon King David. 
And I thought about that when I read that, that was being taught for the Lord. I would do the same thing. So what am I teaching today? Excellent spirit. With men, they will notice it. With God, special blessings. Praise the Lord. So that's how I'm going to wrap it up. And the Lord said, think about it as you, especially not for people like us that are retired, especially young people that are stepping into your careers, young people that are stepping into life. When you walk with the Lord, take the work of the Lord, the responsibility that he has given to you, seriously that it is the Lord you are serving. Your schoolwork, you are doing it for the Lord. Your employment, Actually, people are getting employed for the first time. You are doing. You are going to serve the Lord, and the Lord is the one that's going to help you. And when you take, I, I brought some of these books. Like I said, I bought about twenty there. You can take them as you have. Because I think you you have one each of this particular new one. When you take it, remember we say you participate by just sending some donation to Gospel Distribution Ministry or giving a check to Gospel Distribution Ministry, and the Lord will bless you. And for those who are online. These are all on the Amazon. If you Google on Gospel Distribution Ministry, you might see most of the other books and this new one for sale. And if I may add something to it, when we were back in the, in the countries, we get tracts from evangelists in America. We get stickers. Jesus loves you stickers. For so freely in Africa that we thought they must be, they must be free. But when I came to this country and I went to the Christian, Christian line, you know, we call it bookstores, and I saw some of those stickers and I said, can I take some? They said, no, it's, you buy it. Then I got the message that these things we are getting freely in Africa, freely tracks, freely they send it to us, freely. Stickers, they send it to us freely. Some people are paying for it here. No wonder God has been blessing this country. Some people are paying for it when I wanted to take it in the Bible, I said, well, can I take some of this? They said, no, you buy it. So they were buying it and sending it to Africa for free. So when you take some books like this and you send it to your friends, you are participating. So from that time, I became, I joined the bandwagon of those evangelists and missionaries that are buying these things and sending it to countries. Because that's how I became part of them. And the Lord... I've never lacked, and it's, that's one thing I'm trying to share with you also. You will not lack when you do the same thing. God bless you. Can you take it over? Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Shouting out on our feet as we give to the Lord. Hallelujah. It's worthy of our praise. Lift your hands and wave up to the Lord. It's worthy of our praise. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah.